Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another fabulous episode of Deconstructing the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I am one of your co-hosts, Trevor, and with me, as always, is Brett. I wrote it down. Give me a second. Brett, I've committed numerous health code violations, some of which would shock you, Eitzen. But you've got to see. I, I can't even do his accent. Dude, friggin'. Yes. We'll talk more about Walter Goggins <laughs> in a minute, but... It's good to be back. It is good to be back. And it's good to watch a movie that's not uh, uh, Infinity War. (laughs) (laughs) You know, as we jump into this movie, I'll just say, like, what a tone shift. Oh, yeah. And, like, I don't know if I appreciated it at the time, but I do now. Okay. Like, it went from, like, super serious to just a fun little movie. Yes. And, And I don't know. We'll talk more about it. But initial thought was, like, oh, wow, I forgot just, again, how much of a... Straight up comedy. This oh, yeah. I mean, again, it's a Paul Rudd comedy, so like, of course, it's funny, right? Um, but yeah, very, very different from Infinity War, and um, in my opinion, a little bit of a breath of fresh air. But I, I would agree with that. I, I'm gonna post a drink too, because I think I found one, and then we just haven't used it. Um, and we had a like a 48 hour turnaround here, so we don't have a drink. Hopefully, you tried the Thanos at home, and it was delicious. Hopefully you tried. I think the Wasp would have been the drink for this week, mm. but we'll post it, and or it has been posted, and hope you've enjoyed that. Maybe you're enjoying it right now. Let Maybe. us know if you are. Production notes. I have production notes for you. Yeah. So we talked, I remember last time, about, I feel like it was kind of hard to tell if Michael Douglas like wanted to be a part of this project. Right. Fun fact, he does. <laughs> He's, he, uh, he... After doing the first film, he expressed not only expressed interest in wanting to come back if a second one were to be made, mm-hmm. but also vouched for his wife. I don't know current wife at the time, but current wife now. But his wife at the time, mm-hmm. Catherine Zeta Jones, he opted for her to play Janet Van Dyne. Evangeline Lilly opted for who we got, Michelle, Michelle Pfeiffer. Pfeiffer. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that was kind of an interesting thing. So, and and I think. Some of my notes, at least for me, I think I'm turning it right a little bit on knowing that information. Gotcha. Peyton Reed, the director, really likes the Ant-Man movies. Yeah. He really likes these characters. He typically does not direct sequels, but he came back to do this one because he stated he really seems to have a love for the potential of what these characters can bring, mm-hmm. and he wants to see... He wants to explore the f- different facets, uh, especially Hank Pym. He really seems to like Hank Pym as a character. He also, this was really cool, I thought, takes pride, he takes immense pride in the title Ant-Man and the Wasp. And what what do you think about not going with like an Ant-Man 2 or an Ant-Man subtitle, but like almost changing the name to whatever this is? I like it. This is a, a sequel that is obviously about Ant-Man still, but... The Wasp, Evangeline uh, Lily's character, really does play a prominent role and really is kind of a second lead. So mm-hmm. I think that is an appropriate change. And and, and numerals, I think, are boring. <laughs> sure, sure. Number two, number three, yeah, like, come up, come up with a fun little subtitle. Yeah, so sure. We'll talk a little bit more about that. How that, if that, if that... <laughs> Was still appropriate for the next one, uh, the next oh, Ant-Man sure. movie, yeah, because yeah. they do the, like, it's still Ant-Man and the Wasp, and then there's a subtitle, Quantumania, right. and I think they could have... Look, it's still more consistent than the Fast and Furious naming convention, <laughs> so I'll give it that, but um, yeah, no, I the Wasp, obviously a key character in this film, mm-hmm. and I think she deserves her name right there next to Ant-Man. Yeah. 
he really pushed for and the wasp and we talked a lot last time about how ant-man kind of has a 70s vibe to it Mm -hmm. and i think and ant-man and the wasp sounds like a 70s movie it does you know (laughs) so he took uh immense pride in the title when he this quote i read he said he said we will finally have i don't know if he meant we as in like us here at the mcu Mm. or we as in like the world period but he Basically said, we will finally have a very complicated character to make an appearance as a superhero hero here who happens to be a woman. Oh, was sure. Was essentially the quote. Yeah, uh, yeah. He also pushed a lot for equal marketing. This was not an Ant-Man movie. This was Ant-Man and the Wasp. Mm-hmm. And he really tried to showcase that through the film proper, really wanting to play into the partnership between Lang and Hope. I think it might get a little on the nose sure. sometimes there's a there's a there's some conversations he has with that scott lang has with his daughter that i think happened maybe one too many times sure um, sure but that's just i mean we, we talk about that later <laughs> this movie was inspired by and i haven't seen any of these after hours midnight run and, and then the great. title and then the third one is titled what's up doc i don't know so i don't know what any of those are I guess we could look them up real quick. <laughs> Just to see. I imagine they're heist movies of some sort. So that's all fo- that's all folks was the last one. What's up, Doc? What's which up? I, which oh, I, I got here. <laughs> the tagline is a screwball comedy. Remember them? That was from nineteen seventy two. Oh, okay. We got Midnight Run is an eighties. Mm-hmm. Uh, it looks like a buddy cop tagline. This could be the beginning of a beautiful friendship. Yep. And then after hours is the last one that sounds like something kevin smith would have made oh martin scorsese 1985 tagline when it's after midnight in new york city you don't have to look for love laughter and trouble they'll all find you (laughs) anyway so check those out i guess those seeing those and kind of knowing now i guess i think that fits Mm -hmm. peyton peyton reed also has a history of like his first couple other than I think the first, uh, his first film was not, but before MCU, he was really, he, he did a lot of romantic comedies. Okay. And so I think that idea of will they, won't they, I can see him leaning into that and enjoying the process of, of trying to work that into a superhero film. Whether or not it's successful is <laughs> maybe a little more debatable, but... I actually think the Cassie, I think is her mm-hmm. name. Yeah, Cassie. I think she helps that immensely. Yes. That's interesting. That's good to know. If you listen to our Ant-Man episode previously, I mentioned, because um, I think I did the production notes for that one too. I think the first name was Spyrates, but the last name is definitely Michael Akis, who was their subatomic consultant oh, from, yes, uh, I think, right. the University of California, mm-hmm. or one of the California universities, USC, I'm not sure. But he described the subatomic realm as, so I guess that's a real thing, mm-hmm. is the subatomic realm. As a place of infinite possibility, an alternative universe where the laws of physics and forces of nature as we know them haven't crystallized. Mm-hmm. Uh, and suggested, oh, and then he suggested that it should be represented in the film by beautiful colors constantly changing to reflect transience, which I think does really great in this movie. <laughs> Maybe not so much in later properties. <laughs> oh, it's when you only have a couple minutes to spend in a location like that. Like it can kind of be awe inspiring, and then mm. once you have to set a whole film in that scenario, <laughs> you know, then you have to kind of ground it. And it's like okay, there's things and people. So yeah, I agree. I think it works well in this film, and I, 
I think having that consulted on is always going to make your make your film a little better. Yeah, I think so, so too. I, I'm appreciative of that. We love consultants and talking to professionals and not just guessing. Yep, it's nice. Yep. So, <laughs> I read that the Russo brothers were in constant conversation with Peyton Reed to make sure that what was happening in Ant-Man and the Wasp was not conflicting with what was happening in Infinity War because they were filming at the same time. Yeah. I don't know if they were constantly talking about that. There probably. doesn't seem to <laughs> need to be. Like, it's such a self-contained story. Absolutely. That, you know, it doesn't make sense. It's more along the lines probably of like, okay, we're not going to... Just make sure you don't reference these kinds of things mm-hmm. or, you know, throw any actual dates out here because then we have the whole, you know, Spider-Man homecoming 12 years later. Oh, was it 11 years later? Was it 8 years later? Right. That oh, right. Where yeah. it's like the continuity could get messed up. So, yeah, other than the post credit scene, there's yeah. really not a need for them to be in constant contact. Right. And it's kind of a one-for-one. One. We get we get the post credit scene in this, mm-hmm. and then there's a throwaway line in Infinity War of... Uh, uh, Langs on house arrest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so that was. I mean, and sometimes that's all you need. Yep. Sometimes, sim- uh, what is it? Occam's razor of the, whatever the simplest solution. That's yeah. the best one to go with. Absolutely. Or whatever the other. I always get that one confused <laughs> with something else. Cool, man. I got a few new characters for you. Well, yeah, yeah. So we have. It's mainly the bad guys. Basically, everybody from the original movie is now in this movie. Yeah. But we get the addition of Walton Goggins. Yes. Playing Sonny Birch, who is the uh, who is the the gangster, black market, spooky, nice accent dealer. <laughs> Bobby Cannavale plays Paxton, and I. Oh wait, no, 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 no. I'm sorry. He his picture looks like the Truth Serum guy. Oh, I was like, why do they have him but not the other guy out there? Anyway, Bobby Cannavale makes a return, <laughs> and then Hannah John Kamen as Ava Star slash Ghost. Mm-hmm. Uh, Randall Park as Jimmy Woo, Michelle Pfeiffer as Janet Van Dyne slash the previous Wasp, mm. Lawrence Fishburne, who I will always refer to as Morpheus, as <laughs> Dr. Bill Foster, uh, Divian Ladwa, he's the truth serum guy, mm. he plays Usman, not that we ever hear his name, Goran Kostic, Antiolov, Antiolov. So uh, more tertiary characters here, Rob Archer as Knox, Sean Clare as Agent Stoltz, they all have names, but we don't see them yeah they're very rarely referenced yeah pretty much it's like goggins and obviously then uh like bill foster is is mentioned and janet Mm -hmm. but yeah i i I still think all of them were good additions i think Uh, so you know the truth serum guy he only has a couple lines but they're they're funny they're i mean Uh especially around michael pena and that crew Uh uh-huh they have a lot of good interaction goggins is a phenomenal actor and I just love how he is just eating up the scene. Oh, yeah. Every scene he's in, he's just, he is chewing on it, right? <laughs> and uh, his, you know, his, his, his then chemistry with specifically, I mean, he's kind of like Hope Van Dyne's kind of foil, right? Like, sure. You know, in a one to one, that's who is the antagonist there for, for her. But Lawrence Fishburne. Incredible. Yeah. Like, just, yeah. he's an incredible actor. I, he's not given too much to do, and he, but he does have an interesting role. It's a kind of role of this, like, is he a bad guy? Is he not? Mm. Is he, does he exist in this morally gray area? Yeah. And Ghost, I think, is a, it's a disappointing use of a villain. I don't think that she was bad, but she just wasn't given much to 
do and and I think her direction is a little weird. They especially much, when we first get her introduction yeah. and how quickly that turns. Yeah. Yeah. Anytime you try to make a villain have, sympathetic? have these kind of sympathetic redeemable qualities, you really have to make us believe like empathize with them. Yeah. Like yeah. you can't just tell us that they're <laughs> Good and I just think, I don't think I got that from this performance or from what was written on the page mm-hmm. or maybe some of that was cut and left on the editing room floor. Who sure. knows? Luckily, though, in this kind of a movie, you don't need a super strong villain no. because it's all about the ensemble and how they're interacting. Mm-hmm. And and in reading for the production notes, Peyton Reed even said this movie has a lot of villains, but not really an antagonist. Yeah. So I think I'd agree with that. Yep. Cool. What'd you think of the movie? You know, I kind of remember Ant Man and the Wasp as being a little mid yeah. when it came out. Mm-hmm. Um, like it was fairly soon after Endgame. Endgame, or sorry, not Endgame. It was fairly <laughs> soon after Infinity War. Mm-hmm. And Infinity War was kind of like we talked about last week. It was, it was pretty incredible in terms of the scale of which it's you know yeah. doing things. I really appreciated it more this time upon rewatch mm-hmm. and the kind of the smaller self-contained story, all of the different levels of character interaction and relationships. Some I think are pulled off better than others, but it's it's it was good to have an ensemble cast that was together and interacting mm-hmm. and you know not spread across the whole universe. Right. It worked for Infinity War and it's what that's what it needed, but it was nice to be like, okay, we're here in San Francisco. We're we're doing our thing. We ha- we have comedy. Freaking just Paul Rudd and Jimmy uh, Randall Park. Jimmy was his, yeah. his character's name. Just anytime they're on screen together, <laughs> yeah, it's it's great. I love it. And ultimately, I had a lot more fun with it this time than I remember having with it. Mm-hmm. So I liked it. I'm gonna give it a thumbs up. Fabulous. Yeah, on the. A rating system we've never used before. Thumbs up, thumbs, thumbs down. Thumbs up. Yep. <laughs> Internet's got no nuance, so there we go. <laughs> what about you? I, kind of the same. Seeing it early, very early on, you know, around when it came out, mm-hmm. thinking that it was not very good, you know, or, or mid is probably a better way to say it. And then re-watching it and thinking, man, this is underrated. And now watching it again and and kind of finally fine-tuning what I think about it, I sure. guess. So I was a little more high on it. And going back, I was it was a little less, I sure. guess. Yeah. yeah. Which it was fine. It, it didn't, like, shoot down the toilet. It, but doesn't, it doesn't wow me, but it also doesn't. I don't feel like it ever insults my intelligence. Right. It's yeah. Not, it's, there's not like, oh, my gosh, why did they make that decision? There's right. not those kind of moments. It's more like, eh, does this... Does this really work? Is this some of it feels a little like we're trying to get this relationship thing yeah. going, and we have to make some artificial tension there? And it's like, yeah, do we do we have to? Can we just be like, bummer, you're on house arrest, Scott? <laughs> right. <laughs> Sorry, I haven't been able to see you in two years. Yeah, uh, and I I like the way they handle the the him going to Germany mm-hmm. and why they're not yeah. on speaking terms. Yeah. I think that's real. Except for <laughs> when, when they do finally, when uh, Hank Pym and Scott Lang see each other again, Lang tries to apologize and Pym's like, save it. You know, I don't want to hear it. Yeah. And like two seconds later, he's like, all right, I want to talk about it now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm mad and you can say whatever you want. Anyway, but yeah, they, they move past it pretty quick. So it is. I mean, it is what it is. It's it is fine. It's, yeah. But 
Yeah, I think the shrinking is still one of the best parts. The, the yeah. constant shrinking and, and, and enlarging and things. And they utilize it a bit more in this in terms of like, okay, in the first movie, you know, Ant-Man's fighting whatever the other, the, the Hornet, was that it? That sounds right. Sure. Fighting Yellow Jacket. Yellow Jacket, yeah. yeah. And it's like, okay, well, I need to stop him, so we're going to throw a Pez dispenser at him and make it big, you know, or something like that. But in this, it was like, oh, no, we have a little Hot Wheels set of cars. Yeah. My problem with it Mm -hmm. is, and it is what it is, you know, there's nothing you can do about it. When Ant-Man is small and he punches things, he punches like a grown man, right? Sure. Because it's like, they explain it in the first movie, you know. Yeah, the force is, yeah. Yeah, and it's like so small. But like, the mass of these cars in that building, it doesn't work. For that, gotcha. Yeah, you know I what I mean. Saying. And so it's just, and I'm no, I'm no scientist by any stretch of the imagination. So, but it's that's the only thing I'm kind of like. But you know, you just gotta press the little, do not worry about it. Yeah, button yeah, yeah, and then just roll with it. Yeah. So, anyway, yeah. They, you know, one of the things that I really appreciate about this film, and it's a, it's a carryover from the second one or mm. from the first one, excuse me, and that is. The relationship of the camera and scale. Oh yeah, the cinematography is phenomenal. You're you're, you know, messing around with scale and how lenses and cameras capture images that are on like a macro level in a big world. Mm-hmm. We lose that a little bit in Quantum Mania because we've lost relativism mm-hmm. in terms of what is what should be big around us, what should be small. Yeah, and it was just it was so refreshing to be like okay. This is fun seeing these giant bricks, you know, falling down around the speeding car driving through, you know, San Francisco. Yeah, yeah. It's great to see Ant-Man become giant man in the middle of the bay, right? And like, (laughs) so those kinds of things, it's shot incredibly well with those things in mind. Mm. And it just, it makes for an always enjoyable viewing experience, even even if some of the more logical things of how do (laughs) physics work, we can ignore them. It's fine. Yeah. Because it looks pretty. It looks, it looks good. Yeah. And there's payoffs to it. It, Yes. You know, like I think having Scott in a suit that doesn't work is a lot of fun. It's so much fun. Yeah. Him running down the hallway in the school. (laughs) Hilarious. Love it. Speaking of the school, that's the that's the first time we get we get the Ant Man theme yeah, come back. That's right. And I'm like, oh yeah, this is like kind of a heist movie. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> yeah, and you know, I I get a little bit of the uncanny valley sense when he's not sure when he's like kid size. This isn't a this is clearly an adult. He still is speaking like an adult. Like, you know, sometimes you see something shriek shrink and you expect it to kind of talk with a little like, Yeah, oh. right. And it's like it's just Paul Red talking. Uh-huh. I'm like, I don't know how it looks believable, but I can understand. yeah, the uncanny valley thing's real. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We talked a little bit about Randall Park as as Jimmy Wu. I have my note here says Jimmy Exposition Wu. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. From that first, from that first time Absolutely. he shows up, yeah. <laughs> Mommy and or your your dad wrote on the walls of Germany <laughs> with Captain America. It's, it's in principle, I like I hate exposition. Sure, yeah, but it's it's done in such a fun comedic way mm-hmm. by him. I don't mind. I will yeah. admit it. I don't. <laughs> I don't mind. They always like end those scenes with a fun little thing, like the how'd you do it? How how do I? magic trick <laughs> yeah right <laughs> it's like oh <laughs> and then later at the end it's uh i'll see you later or i'll see you around yeah. when 
Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were like asking me out for dinner or something. Sure. No. Well, did, are you, did you want to get one? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's so like his character is so very much like he's a good hearted guy mm-hmm. that is just doing his job. He doesn't like the the being the bad guy. Yeah. He doesn't like, you know, but it is you know, it maybe there's like a higher sense of justice that he feels. I think he's know? a bit of a realist, right? Yeah. Like he's he wishes he could be an idealist, but he's he works in law enforcement and he knows that the you know, more likely than not, he he feels like he's gonna see him again. Yeah, right. Like and then like speaking of like the realist thing, I do also like is that uh what's her name? Uh, Judy Greer. Um, oh yeah. When she's talking with Bobby Cannavale mm-hmm. again, I, I I know it happens a few times, but I, I every time I I liked it yeah. when when it was you people can't just show up. <laughs> Actually, it, they, can, can. they can. Yeah, <laughs> all of that was was good because I think that that's e- even like a conversation that happens outside of this movie. Like, oh yeah, you can't pull me over because like, well, 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 actually, I can. Yeah. You know, and so I, it kind of that. Uh, the dialogue rings true. I guess. Yeah, they don't have much to do in this film, unfortunately. But again, it's it's a pretty big ensemble, and what they do get to do is still pretty fun. Right. So, yeah. The and and I and I appreciate the continued growth from. I think it would have been easy to start this movie off, and you know him and his ex wife and her new husband and the, like that family dynamic would be, could be strained again because, mm-hmm. Oh, well you're on house arrest. You, you messed up again, Scott. Right. Yeah, but instead right. it's this like very encouraging and like Hassie needs to be part of the family. Yeah. And even like, so like the beginning when they're giving each other of them all hugs. Huh, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. That's, that's really, it's a nice positive thing to see, I think. Yeah. And he's getting a lot. I, I don't know if Judah Grease character is married to that character. Oh yeah. yeah. I don't um, know if their husband and wife are just right. But, together. And, but, their relationship has obviously grown. Yeah. Um, you know, they, because he also does, the, he does the throw up the cards thing. And yeah. How'd you do that? <laughs> You're getting better at it. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I, you know, earlier I said that, you know, Michael Douglas does seem excited to be a part of, of these movies. Mm-hmm. But man, that dialogue in the beginning with him is like, it's so wooden, I feel like. And part of it is because I did find out that there's the opening of the second movie was supposed to be an expansion on the opening from the first movie, oh. where everyone's aged down and they're yeah, in yeah. shield or whatever. Um, and for whatever reason, I guess that didn't work out or didn't a, do whatever maybe scheduling conflicts or something. Yeah, yeah. And so, and there's a, there's a moment. I mean, it's it's fine and it it works, but there's a moment when we go back to the current. And he's talking directly to Hope. Mm-hmm. And the way he says something to her, like she hasn't also experienced this with him oh, and like yeah. knows this story. Right. It's a little like, this is very obviously for us, right? It's for the audience. Yeah. and It's more exposition. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> but man, the second we get that dialogue shift to Paul Rudd and his daughter yeah. in the tunnel yeah. is like I was back in, mm-hmm. like without a second thought. Oh, yeah. So. Yep, no, I agree. And, and ultimately, like, when you you talk about, excuse me, uh, Michael <laughs> Douglas, like, wanting to be in these mm-hmm. films, like, knowing that now doesn't entirely surprise me. 
based on how much more he's in this one even yeah. and and in the next one. What I will say, though, is I don't feel like he... And I know he's kind of just supposed to be the grumpy old man anyways yeah. for the most part, but like it doesn't feel like he's trying that hard outside of... like There's a couple moments, especially when he's talking with um, uh, Paul Rudd as... Uh, Janet Van Dyne when she's like possessing oh him <laughs> like there's like that's when like I'm like okay it just maybe because of the weird circumstance I'm like believing it yeah but like yeah. other than that he I mean he is kind of di- like I get that's part of his character is he's just a distant kind of cold guy yeah um but it just kind of surprised me like if you did that eager like I want to see a little more. And maybe that's a direction thing. Maybe that's... I yeah, can, I yeah. can blame Peyton Reed and not... <laughs> <laughs> well, and we talked last Michael time, Douglas. and I, I... Maybe I can... Maybe we can check now. Did Michael Douglas ever have any kind of surgery or an injury or something? I don't know. Well, he had, he had the throat cancer. Oh, okay. So that may be part of it, too. Well, look at me being Mr. Insensitive over here. <laughs> um, but, but I do... But my, my point is I feel like I see some of that come out in certain scenes when he's rescuing Janet, when like in those moments, there's a sense of, there's a little bit of a spark. And uh-huh. I, and I just feel like not just his voice, but like his whole demeanor is more into the film at that point. Right. And that's way more exciting than what we get most of the time. That's not discrediting him, ha- him as a actor, as a good actor. He's a great actor. I just think compared to the, most of the rest of the cast, Mm-hmm. I think he is the one that I'm like, uh, maybe just feeling his age a little bit or something. <laughs> yeah, maybe. And I, that makes me, when you put it in that context, that makes me feel like it is more of a direction thing than it is a, an acting choice. Yeah. But yeah, I think looking at it through that lens and, and kind of uh, seeing him get to be more, and you know, like you said, it, it could have been the borderline goofiness of the scene. Right. But... I have a feeling that you, if you're going to do something like that, you have to lean into it. Mm-hmm. You can't you can't shy away and be like, "Oh, this is kind of weird," and yeah. it's going to look. It's you have to be into it, and so that makes yeah. I I think I would bet money that it's it's more acting choice that he is the way he is yep. when he's when he's on screen. Yeah, he might even be. It might even be. You know, I, I like to use the word wooden when we're talking about him. But that might be a thing that even Rita's saying. It's yeah. like, we want more monotone. We want yeah. less, like, you know, you're you're 80 or something in, in this film. And so, I, I, I don't know. But. <laughs> so we've chatted a little bit about Paul Rudd's, you know, comedic comedy in this mm-hmm. is great. That scene where he's being controlled by Janet is great. And, oh, man, some of those facial expressions he makes are just, they're too good. Yeah. Also, when he's talking with... Uh, I just wrote Morpheus in my note. That's not his name. <laughs> Lawrence Fishburne. When he's talking to, to Dr. Bill Foster, same thing. It's this very intense, serious conversation between between Pym and Hope and him. And then Paul Rudd, I don't remember exactly what he says, but it, it, the whole conversation just turns. Yeah. And then it's like, how big did you actually get? Like, <laughs> I'm, seriously, I'm, you know, I'm curious. And we get a little bit of a, of a the good old MCU Easter egg of, mm. of a Goliath mention. Yep. What do you have? Do you have a note? Uh, I mean, my only other note here specifically around cast is uh, I felt like 
the chemistry between Hope and Scott is weird. Was weird. It is weird. Okay, I'm glad I'm yeah. not the only one to feel that. Um, well, and that made me. What made me feel even weirder is reading all this stuff about Peyton Reed saying this is about partnership and we want to push this as like they're not just like superhero partners like they're also romantic partners and that's the first time we've had that in this mcu i'm like well then why, why don't i feel that yeah I, I my only guess i maybe not my only guess but my, in the moment my my thought is that if you turn it into a romantic thing right away in this film then that's what people think of it as sure and it's like okay well now she's kind of along for the ride whereas if she's kind of you know, holding him in arm's back. length, yeah. then she's kind of defining her own self as a superhero before the relationship. That's fair. I that's that's what I could see. I still don't think it works, and it it, it might just be chemistry. I look. I've never seen Evangeline Lilly have great chemistry with anyone. Okay, hot maybe hot take. Probably not. Probably not that hot <laughs> take. But I don't know. <laughs> I just didn't buy that they were like, sure. Ooh, will they, won't they? I was like, there, she could care less. There is a moment I re- where I think that it does shine through. Yeah. It's when she's asking, he asks, would you have gone with me if I had asked you? Mm. Her her answer of, she basically says yes. Yeah. But that, I, th- I feel like that's probably the most genuine moment. Mm-hmm. They tried to recreate it in the car at the end. Yeah. But I think that's more authentic mm-hmm. than anything else that's in the movie. Yeah. At the end of the day, it's it's definitely a tertiary thing yeah. for the, you know, I, I think it's spe- specifically the Ant-Man stories are really about like a father-daughter relationship. Yeah. And less of the rom- romantic relationship. So it's it's fine because it's it's never been front and center. Right. But it it does shine through in in that performance of like, okay, I just don't buy that they're have any interest in being a couple. Right. Just make them so just make them work partners, right? Yeah. Just yeah. make them, you know, Cap and Steve. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> right? Like you can make them butt heads every once in a while. Yeah, but yeah. They're, but they're there, they got each other's back. Yeah, yeah. You, you know, said like, Cap and Steve. Did you oh, mean Cap and Stark? Cap, yeah. Okay. <laughs> no, no, no. You don't know the Ca- Captain America and Steve Rogers. They're two different people, man. Yeah, that's yeah. what I meant. Thank you, Trevor. I just have a few more yeah. comments here. Earlier, Cassie, I think, you know, we talked about the rom-com thing. Mm-hmm. There's that shot where they see Giant Man on the telly, telly, the TV, and the camera pans down from the parents to mm-hmm. Cassie, and she's got that goofy little smile on her face. Cassie is great, and I'm I'm kind of what I was saying earlier with the, or just a moment ago, with, I think it's a father-daughter thing. I think Cassie is kind of that glue that keeps Scott grounded to the real world mm-hmm. um, in, a, in a really nice way. The, the film opens up with her and him exploring this homemade cardboard yeah. anthill, and it ends with them together in the car. Yeah. All along the way, there's these little things of, like, she is his kind of guiding light. She's mm-hmm. that little angel on his shoulder, and it's it works really well in this one, and it hits hard, and spoiler alert, in Endgame when we see him find her older oh yeah and then i uh, jumps off a cliff with uh, <laughs> quantum mania yeah right <laughs> but, right but for this one specifically you see you know it's the same actress from the first film mm-hmm. and and you just it carries over so well it's yeah that oh my god he's so ugly i love it yeah like, right that kind of <laughs> joyful 
being around your dad. Maybe being a dad has made me soft, but well, and I even love the, it. the world's best grandma bit yes. is also good. Oh, yeah, so good. Yeah, so it's good. very cute. I for as much as I don't necessarily know that I am super on board with how Ghost does things. Sure. Um, and like I said, yeah, she when she first appears, she's almost like flirty and like intimate almost with Scott. <laughs> it's really strange. And then like at a break, break, break neck, at a breakneck pace, yeah. we go from that kind of weirdness to, well, let's like, we can't let him go. We can't let him talk to his daughter to, I'm going to murder this person. <laughs> yeah. To, I'm just going to beat, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a really quick descent that I don't like. Mm-hmm. However, I think Hannah John came in does very well, and I think she was a good pick for it. I also like the design of Ghost. Oh, super that, cool! It's super cool, and I wish they would have. It it kind of gave me the vibe toward the end that she's like by healing her, she still will be able to like become transparent or whatever, mm. but. I think they definitely could have utilized her more yeah. for, down the line, or at least, you know, I feel like the MCU is kind of getting to a point where they can do something a little more ambiguous in the attempt to, like, okay, well, maybe we use this character later. Yeah. You know? But I thought she did a great job. The crew is great. Michael Pina and, and Dasmalshian and uh, T.I. Baba Yaga. I was just, yep, right, <laughs> yeah. Uh, that all is, is the Baba Yaga bit is also very good. And the last thing I have here is the the movie that they're watching at the end on the laptop is the was the first big bug film entitled Them yeah. from 1954. So kind of paying some respects in terms of bug named mm-hmm. movies. Yeah, man. Do you have anything else on? I don't on think so. Ant Man and the Wasp. It's it's got a the end credit scene is you know a nice little tie into. Infinity War? Yes. Yeah, it, just it, be like, oh, hey, don't forget, it, it gives things you, are bad. <laughs> yeah, it gives you a, a time and a place, right? Like, And mm. granted, that was probably a little bit later after the film film t- took place. Right. But it does give you a sense of, okay, in the bigger MCU, here's where this exists. Right. And then the... The duck. Nope. The hand puppet. Nope, what's the, his name? Uh, no, Steve, not Steve. Uh, Wong. Nope. The... Uh, Cameo Bucky. man, cameo man, Stanley, Stanley, <laughs> and then Stanley, <sighs> Stanley's cameo. Well, we we we're kind of inconsistent on talking about Stanley's cameos, but he he his car gets shrunken. Uh, oh yeah, it is kind of weird re- LSD joke. Yeah, <laughs> the sixties are finally catching up with me or whatever. Right, yeah, but, like, it was a fun little thing. That's like one of those you know when you're watching a kid movie, he's like, oh, that's for the adults. Yeah, they yeah. they'll get that. Yeah. <laughs> All right, man. Do you have a ranking for Ant-Man and the Wasp? You went first last time, so I'll, I'll tell you where mine's at first this time. Okay. I I have this at number 13. Spider-Man Homecoming is right above it, and then Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 is right below it. Wow. Mine is at number 12. Oh, okay. With Captain America, uh-huh. First Avenger, right above it, and Guardians of the Galaxy, right below it. The first one? The first one. Okay, yeah. very cool. Yeah. Again, like that right now, it's kind of in the middle of my pack, mm-hmm. and I've been telling you that I've enjoyed it. I yeah. just enjoy these other ones more. I think the the only reason I put so I I think I put this like on the letterbox. I think I put this at three and a half, and then Spider Man Home. Those other two I mentioned are also at three and a half. Mm-hmm. I think Spider Man Homecoming. 
I don't like it as much, but I do think it's more solid. Yeah. I think it's a little more thought out in terms of story. Or not story, but like how it works, the, the technical yeah. parts of it. Yeah. No, it, for me, it, you know, it falls. I, Ant-Man right now is at nine. So that's, mm-hmm. you know, three below that. Yeah. I think it's a really respectable sequel. It does, I think it tries to do too much with the, there's too many villains. There's too many things going there's on. There's too many things yeah, going on. Yeah. But they're all still good. And just I, none of them really make it stand out. Right. And I love when we well, number one, every no one's except with the exception of uh black market gangster guy. Sonny. Yeah. Every, no one's necessarily bad. Like everyone's yeah. just you know I like when I like whenever Lawrence Fishburne and and Hannah have the the Ant Man crew in like all tied up. Yeah, I'm like they're like there's not really you know no one's doing anything bad. It's just like oh we need this and you also want it so we're gonna restrain you because we know that you want it kind right. of thing. Yeah, everyone's goal is at least of semi to pure intentions. Mm-hmm. So it's it's yeah. It, so then it goes down to like okay how are you. You know what are the methods you're using to facilitate right. those intentions, and I, yeah, I think the idea of a really morally gray set of characters in a movie as a you know set of protagonists or uh, or at least an obstacle is is really an interesting idea mm-hmm. that I just think it's not quite fleshed out enough. Yeah, but luckily Fishburne is a is a really good actor, and I think he really does make it more or less believable. Yeah, um, and yeah. It, I think it's always if you're gonna have a villain, I think one of the the you you have to do you know you have to do it to the best of your ability. Mm-hmm. I think you know we already got Yellow Jacket, so we already got the Ant Man versus Ant Man fight. Yeah, I think it's a really good call to have to have your antagonist villain, whatever you want to call it, be not of the same power set because mm-hmm. because now your car- your hero has to be. Something they have to think outside the box. Absolutely, you know? and it makes. The, I think it may, We haven't merely mentioned this, but I think it makes the fights really interesting. Yeah, yeah. Um, because we do get to see, you know, uh, especially oh the car the wasp. chase. We didn't talk about. We didn't talk about but, the car chase, but the wasp yeah. going up against the the kind of the henchmen. That's pretty standard stuff. And then all of a sudden, oh, here's someone I can't grab. Yeah, here's someone I keep punching through. Somebody that can like jump through these cars and then just be in them. Yeah. Oh, that shot when she, when the building expands and mm-hmm. she just phases into it as it ah oh, very good very good <laughs> yeah no it's overall very i think it's it's very pretty well done i say i'm blah, blah, blah. overall <laughs> i do think it's very well done especially cinematography and when we're talking about choreography and action and all that stuff right at the end of the day it does really just come down to it doesn't do all of the things it's trying to do quite to the level of you know quality execution that it needs to to bump up above kind of the halfway mark in my rankings sure sure makes sense so cool man well we are at the end of the year so we got one more thing to do how does how do the these so the three we have this year are black panther avengers infinity war and ant-man and the wasp but they're not the only comic book movies that came out this year we also had aquaman came out incredibles 2 one of the best fantastic four movies you'll ever see (laughs) <laughs> or at least the, I guess that joke for the first movie. <laughs> Regardless, Incredibles 2 and Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse that's came out this right. year. Right. Yeah. That's right. Ooh. This is a, 20, look, 2018 is a good year mm-hmm. for 
I think it's I think it's an above average year. I think so too for the MCU. Yeah, it's definitely better than Aquaman in my opinion. I'd agree. But look, anytime you put anything up against Spider Verse movies, it's oh gonna, yeah, it's gonna lose. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, the the closest one I have, I Spider Man is my only five star from this year. Black Panther is close at at a four and a half star. Yeah. Some other movies that I think uh, hit the mark or hit the mark in terms of film a little yeah. bit better. A Quiet Place, uh-huh. A Star Is Born, Ballad of Buster Scruggs. Oh, is, that was actually very good. Yeah. Yes. Uh, we get Creed Two, so Ryan Coogler's batting a thousand with yep. those two. Upgrade, which is a little more indie. It's so good though. It's very good. So yeah. So good. Hotel Artemis. It's, a, um, it's more of an action, but I I have it up there. Mission Impossible Fallout, I think, is pretty dang good. Um, Velocipaster. <laughs> I watched that whole movie. It's listen. <laughs> I said, man, it's it's good. I mean, it's not good, but it's but it's good. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's fun to watch. Yes. Oh yeah, and then the uh, you know the sleeper hit that no one no one went to go see except for me, and that's Mortal Engines. Oh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, not that good of a movie, but it was fun. Oh, uh, we got a... So, pe- people love this movie. I don't. <laughs> uh, Hereditary. Hereditary. Came out this year. Very good movie. I... I- we have to have a debate about that sometime. Oh, it's on my rewatch list. <laughs> I, it's that's actually that's the only that's one of the only movies that I ever considered walking out of was Hereditary. Deadpool two is this year. Oh yeah, yeah. So yeah. Oh, and Venom too. And Venom, mm-hmm. uh, garbage. <clears throat> um, what did I say that? Excuse did, me. Did you hear that dog? Excuse you know, me. <laughs> no, a, a good move, a good year. I yeah. actually think the MCU movies stack up pretty well this year. I think so too. Um, there, there's those few kind of at the top, yeah. that are like, you know, kind of above above standard. But yeah, I think this was a great year. Yep, agreed. So cool. All right. Well, that's it for now. We'll see you next time for 2019. For 2019, uh, we'll have on our guest Melanie. And 2019 is Captain Marvel, Endgame, and that Spider-Man. Spider-Man. Far from, Far from home. home. Yeah. MCU is, MCU is pumping out three movies a year at this time. Oh, boy. And then the world shut down. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone went, oh, crap. <laughs> so... All right, everyone, thanks for listening. Leave reviews, comments, talk to us, tell us if you want us to watch TV shows. I'm probably going to make Brett do it anyway. Sweet. And uh, we'll see you next time. See ya. Boom. Busted it out. We did it. 55 minutes. Or... And, you know, I actually, I rewatched the live action movie recently, and I watched it with someone that has never seen anything about Scott Pilgrim. Yeah. And she was kind of like, what are we watching? <laughs> like... And, uh, you know, it wraps up at the whole uh, Scott Pilgrim was dating a high schooler mm. thing, like, rubbed her the wrong way. She was like, that's not okay. Mm, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And there were a couple other things that happened where she was like, Scott Pilgrim's just a trash dude. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and I tried to be like, well, that's the kind of the point. It's like he he learns how to not be a trash person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Oh, I guess I should have offered. If you want to grab something out of the fridge, you can, or a water. Yeah, water. if you have a soda, that a would soda? be awesome. You want, uh, the Dr Pepper Baja Blast Mountain Dew. What surprised me? Whatever works. I don't know if you have a preference there. Nope. As long as it's carbonated and full of 
Bad stuff. What the heck? Why are you doing this? So, I just typed into Google Michael Douglas injury. Mm -hmm. I'm going to read you the the dates of three of these articles. <laughs> um, so, the first one. In 1980, Douglas was involved in a serious skiing accident, which sidelined his acting career for three years. Oh, wow. Uh in 2014, he had a groin injury during his son's bar mitzvah. And then in 2009, he had a knee injury, which Catherine Zeta-Jones helped nurse him back to health from. So, it seems like he is fairly prone to... To injuries. Injuries, yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. Um, 